the enemy will do whatever is necessary to stop the spread of the gospel, to silence the church. And if all it takes is a little bit of intimidation, that's what he'll do. If that isn't enough, then it steps up and it steps up. And I think that's what we see around the world. Across the world today, millions of Christians are persecuted. They face oppression, imprisonment, displacement and even death simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. These courageous believers are our brothers and sisters. We are in this together with them and we need to hear their voice. Join host Kenneth as we discover their stories today on Release International's Voice podcast. Persecution has always been one of the ways the powers of darkness seek to stop the spread of the gospel. That's why it's important that we pray. But to pray with understanding, we need to know who to pray for and what to pray for. We need to be informed. In this edition of Release International's Voice podcast, I speak to my colleague Tom Hardy. Tom edits our quarterly voice magazine and recently compiled our annual Persecution Trends Report. Well, hi, Tom, and thanks for taking time to talk to us on this latest edition of our Voice podcast. My pleasure, Kenneth. It's good to be with you again. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to be focusing on Release International's annual Persecution Trends Report. Now, we know this is something that uh, has been increasingly picked up, reported on, quoted from and so on in the wider media in recent years. It always appears in the January edition of our Voice magazine. So first of all, Tom, for any listeners who've never seen it, just tell us briefly what the Persecution Trends Report is. Uh, Yeah, well, we publish it in our Voice magazine, as you say, um, annually every January. Um, And it's based on information that we receive from our partners And I like to think of it really as a kind of global indicator of uh, current and near future persecution. Okay, so maybe a bit of an obvious question, but for for those who've never read it, why is it important? Why would you encourage them to do so, to take the time to read it? Well, essentially, as I said, it's a a global understanding um, of what is happening to the church around the world. And I think it gives you a big picture It's based on real information from people who live there, our partners on the ground. Um, I think in the UK, we can be quite kind of inward looking. um, And this actually provides us an opportunity to look beyond our borders to to our kind of Christian life. Um, And, you know, we're urged to pray with understanding. And this actually gives us the information to be able to do that. Um, And this year, we have included especially more in-depth prayer points so people can really engage with the subject um, and and hopefully you know it's an education as well but we really you know are keen for people to take it up and use it in prayer. That's brilliant um, now obviously as editor of the magazine you get to see all the comments as they come in from our partners around the world and you've already said and I think it's important to emphasize it that it is our partners on the ground uh, who shape the content of this report. They're the ones who, who know what is happening to persecuted Christians. They're the ones who have a, have a vision and a calling for how to respond to their needs. So as you were reading uh, the reports and as you were compiling uh, our report this year, um, can I ask, what was your overall impression as you were going through all of this material, your overall impression of 
the persecution of Christians around the world? Yeah, I think my sort of initial impression is really that there's a sense of heightening persecution. Um, I mean, I've been involved with the persecution trends report in previous years. And when I look back, I can see, well, we're looking at the same countries, more or less, but the but persecution of Christians is definitely intensifying. Um, I think we're going to look later at India and China, just two examples, really. Um, but if we look back, we can see that in some countries, you know, persecution started as sporadic incidents, um, and but now it's much more widespread. And I think that's vital to understand that persecution doesn't necessarily start in a widespread, full-scale way. It's kind of in incremental. Um, and I can remember our partners once saying that the enemy will do whatever is necessary to stop the spread of the gospel, to silence the church. And if all it takes is a little bit of intimidation, that's what he'll do. He won't do any more. But if that isn't enough, then it steps up and it steps up. And I think that's what we see around the world. That mm -hmm. We see persecution starting in a small scale way um, and then increasing and increasing when the church continues to grow, continues to spread the gospel and doesn't cow to the, the intimidation. That's when persecution really steps up. So I found that really interesting. So that's, that's what I've noticed this year. Mm, that's a reminder, isn't it, of, I suppose, of the spiritual dimension, we would say, of, of persecution, uh, that it's not just a human rights issue, that, as you say, the enemy wants to thwart the gospel and the enemy will seek to do whatever is necessary um, to do so. Yeah, that, that's an interesting and challenging thought. Okay, so let's, let's hone in on all of this a little bit. Um, again, as you were reading and, and compiling this year's summaries, what, what countries in particular stood out for you and why? Well, um, three countries in particular, which probably aren't a great surprise to anybody who um, has been following um, the church around the world in recent times. The first is um, India, uh, where elections are going to be held in April and May this year. And I think that's going to be really significant um, just recently uh, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi dedicated a new Hindu temple that was obviously a very symbolic um, um, activity. And um, I think the problem in India is with the spread of the kind of Hindu-only ideology um, that has kind of legitimised attacks on minorities and um, the whole sort of thinking that uh, to be Indian is to be a Hindu um, now, that started, you know, when the BJP came to power uh, quite a few years ago. And obviously, the, as I said earlier, you know, the persecution started off very small. But now we can see, you know, I think it's now 12 states in India that have anti-conversion laws. There were more than 600 attacks on Christians last year. I mean, and it just looks like it's getting worse and worse. So that is one country that is is very concerning. Um Secondly, China, um, again, this sort of drive for what's what's been called sinicization, really, to, to bring in doctrines and um, ideologies that comply with the Chinese Communist Party and their values, similar to the, the concept of Hindutva in India. Um, so to be Indian is to be Hindu. Um, and similarly, in China, this whole 
nationalistic drive for for um, for being Chinese and and not um, anything other than complying with the the communist um, atheistic um, ideology. That is concerning in China, not just because of the the monitoring of, of people generally, but we know a, a number of pastors have been arrested, are still in prison. The Bible cannot now be legally sold in China, which is obviously concerning for un, unregistered churches because it's going to be very difficult for them to get copies of the Bible. And the need is great. But our partners have also told us that, and I quote, the ultimate aim is to eliminate Christianity within China altogether. And we can see that happening uh, today. And um, the spread of control that there is in China, I think, is a, is a great cause for concern. And I think, you know, we really do need to, to pray for our brothers and sisters in China. And thirdly, the country, which is probably the suffering the worst, really, is, is Nigeria. And you could, when I look back over the years at the... the um, the persecution of Christians in northern and central Nigeria over the years is it just makes you weep really and it's just um, heartbreaking when I compile this report and when I write about incidents in Nigeria I'm about to press send and then another email drops into my box of another attack on another Christian community and it's like it just seems relentless really uh, we know you they recorded that there were well over 4,000 Christians killed last year and probably many more that a lot go unreported and nearly 2,000 people were abducted as well. Um, it's it's just relentless really. But again, as I, I just point back to what I said earlier about the enemy trying to silence the church and obviously in Nigeria, you know, Christians are declaring the gospel and, you know, even taking it into dangerous areas um, that are the sort of hotbeds of terrorism and militancy and yet are going there and, and seeing people saved. So um, we need to pray for the church in Nigeria as well. Mm. Thanks for that, Tom. Um, again, just sticking with those three countries, we don't have time, obviously, to, to look at all the countries that uh, that are covered in the, the Persecution Trends Report, but can you give us a, a picture, a flavour of, of what it's like to be a Christian? in any of those countries. You know, we, we can hear the stories, but we're used to living with such freedoms. You know, we, we, we can go to church, we can go to a home group, Bible study or prayer meeting, um, and it doesn't even occur to us that, that to do so might be a dangerous thing. Um, what is it What is it like to be a Christian, just seeking to live out your faith in, in these sort of countries, the, the countries you've described? Well, as I say, things are getting harder and harder. Um in India, the, the spread of the anti-conversion laws is making it harder for um, for people to share the gospel, um, to tell other people. Um, they face being arrested. You know, a number of pastors have been arrested over over the months. Um, and, um, you, know, uh, you know, apart from the fact that Christians are physically attacked as well, uh, you know, Hindu extremist mobs attack churches and Christians. Um, and we can only see that really spreading, especially if the BJP wins again um, in the coming weeks. If they win the election again, um, I think that they would only see that as a mandate to carry on with pressing um, their Hindu ideology. 
Um, as I said, in China, I think that uh, that the whole of society is is being controlled. We've seen churches demolished, pastors arrested again, other Christians arrested, sometimes beaten. You know, but it's living under that that constant kind of big brother authority. I think is is the 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 repression that that is carrying on in China really, and that we don't see any end to it really because you know they're quite blatant about wanting to to pursue communist atheistic ideologies. Um, and in Nigeria, you know, Christians are facing well, you know, losing their lives, and it seems like on a daily basis really, or. Christians are being kidnapped. Often pastors are kidnapped and then held for ransom. And that's often not just to uh, take these leaders out of the church, but also to impoverish the church, because if they have to then raise a ransom to pay to get their pastor or family member back, then the church doesn't have the money for other things. So, um, yeah, those are the, that's what it's like, really. Um, and um, that's why it's so important to pray. Indeed, prayer obviously is in- incredibly important for us. Uh, you know, we, we would say Jesus Christ is Lord. We would say the gospel is that is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. We can hear these stories and so easily be discouraged. Where do you find encouragement, you know, in the midst of, of compiling these reports, uh, seeing what's happening around the world? Where, where is the encouragement for you? That's a good question. Um, I think I think it's in seeing the fact that the church continues to uh, proclaim the gospel and to live out the Christian life in a very repressive situation. Whether it's in in Nigeria, where um, you know they often are, probably don't have a lot of choice in some ways. But I remember hearing a story of a a Christian who was probably nominally Christian, but actually once his his community had been attacked and whatever, he realised actually I need to take this seriously if I'm a Christian. And he and he and he obviously got strengthened in his faith. And I think the fact that, you know, our partners are going out into these dangerous areas, they're seeing people saved, uh, people are, you know, being helped, I think is is uh, is good to see. But it's, you know, that the church is persevering through it all. And you just think in India, you know, that, that although pastors are being physically attacked or arrested in prison, they're going on and sharing the gospel. And I think that's, that's, the, I think that's the thing, because it kind of shows to us that, you know, this is real and it's true. And actually, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't really believe it. And, and you know, it wasn't the, the truth. So so I think, you know, that's where the encouragement is. Um, and it's good to see, you know, hear stories of how our partners have helped individuals restore their lives. You know, I could go into details about about the, the, the work that they do. Um, but maybe we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah, that, that's so important, isn't it? I guess, um, you know, to hear that it's always challenging to hear stories of, of Christians being persecuted for their faith, but it's, it's it's also tremendously encouraging, isn't it? When, as you say, when when we see evidence of them persevering in their faith and persevering in their desire to make Christ known, um, that's brilliant. Well, I'm glad you're encouraged by, by those gospel signs around the world. Well, you just started to touch on the work of our partners. We've already said that it's our partners who provide the material for, for this persecution trends report. They're the ones who inform us of what's happening. So um, can you tell us then a little bit about, and again, let, let's just focus on the three countries that you've spotlighted. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what our partners are doing 
in those countries uh, to support those who suffer for their faith in Christ? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, some things we, we don't talk about publicly, but um, for instance, in India, our partners train workers to um, just encourage believers um, in their faith and to keep going. Um, they also uh, intercede with other governments um, to try and even sanction the BJP-led Indian administration. Um, but the main thing is they, you know, they practically provide for for people who have suffered persecution. Um, for instance, I, I know in India um, they provided a new home for a teenage girl who had had to flee the violence in Manipur uh, last year. They help um, church leaders who've been falsely accused and also provide medical care for those who have been injured. So that's in India. In, in China, it's a lot to do with helping prisoners um, and their families and also providing legal assistance uh, for those who have been falsely accused. And in Nigeria, I mean, as well as medical care um, and uh, practical aid for those who have been displaced from their homes, and we're talking thousands of people, they also provide trauma counselling for those who have been bereaved or seen trauma or been physically injured, sometimes have lost limbs, um, you know, but, but at the same time, they're also training people in evangelism um, to go out into these um, dangerous areas to spread the gospel. Um, so, yeah, those, those are the sort of things that, that they're doing. I know it's moving just a little bit uh, beyond the Persecution Trends report itself, but presumably in uh, The Voice magazine, uh, people can read, if they've never seen the magazine, people can read more about the work that our partners do on the ground here. Yeah, definitely, yes. Because yeah. that's always important as well, isn't it? You know, we, we need to hear the stories. We need to hear what's happening to Christians around the world. Um, but it's also important to know that the that work is being done and what is being done to support persecuted Christians, um, not least because that encourages us both to pray uh, and also to give, I guess, to support that, that important work that's being done. Um, well, I've obviously got a copy of the report. I've seen it, as we've already mentioned, it appears in the Voice magazine. And I see at the end of each country uh, report or summary, there are some prayer pointers, we, which we've touched on, uh, are so important. So if somebody's listening to this uh, and they've never heard of the Persecution Trends report before, how, how can they get hold of a copy? Well, as we said, it, it's included within the, uh, the current magazine. Um, and so people could ring up our office and ask for a copy of the magazine. So they could ring um, 01689 Or you can actually read the report on our website, which is releaseinternational.org. Those are the best ways of getting hold of a copy. OK, and what would your message be to somebody who perhaps has never read it before, and says, okay, I've listened uh, to Tom speaking, uh, I want to sit down and read it. W what would you hope that would be their response or what they would get out of doing so? I think, well, it's hopefully it will give you an insight into what's happening. It will hopefully show you as well the challenges that Christians are going to face this year and just enable you to pray with understanding, really, of the situations, I think, which is really important. Um, so, yeah, I, I would hope that people would get all of that out of it. Brilliant. Well, Tom, thanks very much again uh, for taking time to talk to us on this edition of Release International's Voice podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Kenneth. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church, Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honoured, 
and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. It continues to be important, if always challenging, to be informed about the persecution of Christians around the world. But we can also find encouragement as we see the persecuted church continuing to proclaim the gospel and continuing to live out the Christian life in the face of hostile opposition. We need to persevere in our praying for them as they seek to make Christ known. Release International's Persecution Trends Report plays an important part in our being equipped to do so. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Voice Podcast. Please do subscribe through your favourite podcast app so you can stay connected to the voice of persecuted Christians. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast too, so please do share your comments with us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you don't already receive our free quarterly magazine or prayer alert emails, then you can subscribe on our website at releaseinternational.org forward slash podcast. Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them 